Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging women leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your vision for success. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. This is the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast, and I'm your host, Eileen Yevis. I'm the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I develop seminars and webinars to help high-achieving women show up, speak up, and step up in their careers. To learn more, please visit my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com, or you can follow the Leadership Strategies for Women page on Facebook. Our guest is Jill Lynch-Cruz of JLC Consulting. Jill empowers lawyers and business professionals to unleash their full potential to achieve higher levels of career success and satisfaction. As a preeminent scholar and thought leader on the key barriers and critical success factors for Latina lawyers, Jill has published over a dozen academic, professional, and law review articles and book chapters on this topic. Jill has over 20 years of experience in human resource management, including as an HR executive for several AmLaw 100 DC-based law firms. She's a certified professional coach, global career development facilitator, and senior professional in human resources. Jill holds a PhD in organization and management from Capella University and MS in human resource management from the University of Maryland, as well as a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology from the University of Maryland. Jill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ellie. I really appreciate you inviting me to join you on your podcast this morning. So Jill, I shared a lot of information about you, but we would love to get to know you a little bit more on the personal level. Is there anything you can share about yourself? Yeah, well, thank you for that great introduction. It's always it's a really humbling to, to hear someone else introduce you sometimes. Um, but just on a personal level, I, I live in San Antonio here now with my husband, A.B., and our two children, Ben, who's almost 15, and Anna, who's 12. So I have uh, teenagers and almost teenagers in the house, so you can imagine that's a lot of fun. Um, I really, for the for the majority of my life, I lived in Maryland and also attended school there, as you as you noted. 
And our family just, we, our lives really currently revolve around our kids. Um, <laughs> their activities, when I'm not an Uber driver, um, we're involved in our, their school, our community, and our church. And we just, we just really enjoy spending time as a family doing things with our extended family here in San Antonio. And, um, you know, in terms of hobbies, um, really just one of my favorite things is, is reading. I'm always interested in hearing about books that people are reading, especially if they have to do with women in empowerment. And um, I'm a little bit of an audible geek right now, um, really listening to Brene Brown's work on power of vulnerability, daring to lead, and, and so forth. So if you have any great suggestions, I'm always open to that. Fabulous. So when and why did you launch your consulting firm? Yeah, well, you know, that, that's a great question. And it was really, it was really largely unplanned. Um, you know, I'd say that the first half of my career, as, as you indicated, was in law firm human resources. And I really, I had a very successful career, uh, both uh, as a law firm recruiter and ultimately rose to the level of chief human resources officer for a large DC law firm. But about four years into that role, um, I got married, and my husband was recruited for a great opportunity to be the GC of the Scripps Networks, which is a Fortune 1000 um, media company, and you may know it as the parent company of one of my favorite shows, HGTV and the Food Network. Um, and while it was a wonderful opportunity for us, it was also required us to move to Cincinnati, Ohio. And oh, and I was pregnant with my first child, Ben, at the time. So you can pretty much do the math on <laughs> what my opportunities for finding a similar position there in Cincinnati. Um, and you know that was really a catalyst and uh, a, a, a great opportunity for me because what was glaring to me and really is still now is the lack of women in leadership roles in the legal profession. And even though I'm not an attorney, it was something that. Um, really trickled to even the executive levels in human resources. And I saw this as a bit of a turning point for me, and I think that's really where I launched my career. So in about 2009, uh, my company, JLC Consulting, was launched. And I initially leveraged my background in law firm human resources management to help organizations improve their gender diversity, but I found myself quite frankly, very frustrated by the lip service, lip service paid to DNI efforts and, you know, without real, a real willingness to make real and sustained change. And, you know, many organizations, as you know, I know you're an attorney and probably can appreciate this, you know, law firms in particular are very resistant to change and there really hasn't been much progress made in the cultures, attitudes, and structures that hold women and minorities back. So, you know, for me, instead of focusing all my in energy influencing change at the organizational level, which is really where I started, I, I really became an executive coach so I could help em empower the women to help themselves. And I can honestly tell you that I get an incredible sense of fulfillment, um, you know, just seeing a client transformation process unfold. And, you know, notwithstanding all the barriers that they face, how they begin to really see and take control of their lives and career. That's wonderful, Joe, and I can really relate to that as well because I think that's what 
also got me into the, the, the coaching business, right? Knowing that you can work with yeah. someone and you could see the market improvement as they make transformations in their own journey. And even though we've got these institutional issues that still need to be addressed, there's still a role that we play as individuals within these institutions as change makers, right? Starting first with ourselves and then uh, hoping that not only will that change influence the work that we do, but it will also break barriers for those that come behind us. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is about recognizing what you have control over and having the courage and, and the power and the skill for that matter to make the changes that you want in your life and your career. Yes. So what are some of the challenges that you faced personally as you work to achieve your own goals? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, Ellie. I, I think there are, you know, there were definitely a lot of challenges in those early years, but you know, I'd like to really focus on those starting my business. And, you know, first I should tell you that during those early years, I was not only raising two children under the age of four, um, living in a, in a new city uh, with a, you know, new, living in a new city without family support, but I was also working on my Ph.D. at the time. <laughs> I laugh when I think back about it. But um, to complicate matters even further, my husband was really at the height of his career, and he was traveling 80% of the time for not only his role as a GC of a Fortune 1000 company, but um, just you know, to add <laughs> chaos to our lives, he had also been promoted to a rear admiral in the U.S. Navy Reserve. <laughs> so, um, and he he was going to his. Um, uh, you know, his, he was working out of Florida, so he was traveling there as well. So needless to say, I, I was there in a city without my family, no support systems, raising kids, going to school, trying to get my business off the ground in a new city. And I honestly can't tell you how it all worked out, but it did. And, you know, I, I do have to be transparent and say, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't always easy, and my career path was nonlinear, not planned, and it was messy. And, you know, it was a challenge for me because at the time, and I think a lot of women, um, you know, have this mindset, is that we believe that in order to be successful in our career, we have to do it all. Do it well, with a smile on our face, have no gaps, and for me, this just wasn't the case. Uh, I knew that during that time my family needed me and I would need to take a step back from, from my full career uh, for at least a short period of time. And the one thing that I would say, though, and I, this is, I want to offer this also for anyone, any of your listeners who might be either in this situation or considering the situation, is I always kept my hand in my career and I always looked for opportunities where I could learn and grow, even if it was as a volunteer or doing pro bono work. And as a result of this experience, I really feel that I understand and enjoy working with women who have had career breaks or have had, had a non-linear career path. That's, that's wonderful. And the way you say a career break, right, that's, um, it's actually becoming trendy now to take a career break. There was a time, I'm sure, when you and I were coming up where we always felt like we needed to make an excuse for the career break. <laughs> oh, but now it seems yeah. like now it seems like it's a trend uh, to actually take a career break and reassess where you are in life, and then come back. And employers are actually valuing that. 
Uh, but yeah. thank you for also just being transparent because that's just yeah. the reality, especially when you are uh, trying to achieve uh, something higher for yourself and your family, that there are, are those moments in your life and in your career where it gets really bumpy and it's not a straight path and you're struggling to uh, just keep it all afloat. But somehow uh, through perseverance and dedication, it, it does eventually uh, come to pass. So, so thank you for not only your transparency, but for also being an example of, for many of us who are also trying to follow in the same, the same path. Thank you. And I, th- I think it's also, um, it's also helped me identify where my values are around my career. And, you know, I'm, I, well, I can tell you I'm in, because of that break, I'm in a much better, much happier, more fulfilled um, path had I not, than had I not taken a break. So, nice. So you focused much of your work on Latina lawyers. You you mentioned this to us earlier. What are some of the unique challenges that Latina lawyers face? Well, wow, yeah. We I could probably take up the rest of this podcast talking about it. Um, but yeah, I mean it's true. There there are quite a few, and you know, a little over ten. Just to give by way of background, a little over ten years ago. I was part of a large research project with the Hispanic National Bar Association uh, Latina Commission that was really focused on the status of Latina attorneys across the legal sectors, all legal sectors in the U.S. And it was really to identify or really to document their status and to better understand some of the challenges that they face, they uniquely face because Back then, 10 years ago, and even now, they appear to be one of the most underrepresented group of attorneys across the legal profession, especially when you look at their current and um, and increasing presence in this country. And so our research really found, you know, just to kind of sum it up, it really found that Latinas encounter what we called a multi-layered glass ceiling based on their multiple and intersecting identities as, as racially and ethnically diverse women. And yeah, this included you know, gender bias, discrimination, stereotyping that's faced by other women and women of color in the profession. But for example, there was a unique form of cultural sexism that they experienced at the hands of others. And in, in particular, other Latinos um, that they were somehow violating cultural norms by pursuing non-traditional roles for women in their culture. And so, you know, we also see examples of them being treated as both outsiders or as tokens in their workplaces. Um, and, you know, many, many count, uh, recounted examples how they were often misidentified as someone other than the attorney, such as, oh, the translator, court reporter, or even the defendant, you know, comments such as, oh, the interpreters here were just waiting on the attorney. And, you know, over time, you know, this just works to really devalue their qualifications and professional legitimacy. And so they often felt that they had to work hard to try to avoid being misidentified as someone other than the attorney. Um, and for many, it required them to navigate dual identities so that they had to be one person at work, one person at home, and many of them had to go to great lengths to try to blend in with majority attorneys or avoid being targeted or pigeonholed um, or tokenized. <laughs> and so uh, a, one of the common um, 
common saying was, was that if you could pass, if you, as, as a Latina you could pass as white, your experience would be considerably better. And it, this, um, I, I'm recalling a, a very vivid example of this in one of the early research focus groups where we had two sisters in the same focus group who were um, sharing their experiences with this. And what was interesting is that one of the sisters appeared racially white and one, the other had more the mestiza phenotype, which is characteristic of Latinas from Central America, the dark hair, dark skin, um, more, more characteristic. And what they said is that the, the sister that appeared racially white had much better experiences, more opportunities. But what was even most interesting, to me at least, was that this was even in the, a case within their own families. Um, and it really underscored how that, you know, how, how they often felt, you know, somehow different based on how people perceive them and their racial um, identity. Um, and I think the other big one that comes to mind is that Latinas often encounter perceptions that they're not somehow not as smart or qualified as others in the profession. And that often that, you know, they're admitted into law school or their entry into the legal profession is somehow based on something other than merit, such as affirmative action or diversity objectives. And, you know, a, a good example of this from the research is a Latina attorney who was asked by a colleague if Yale had a good affirmative action program when, when, when he saw her law degree from this Ivy League school on her wall. And so, you know, those are just some of the examples that, that come to mind. But I encourage if, if your listeners are interested in learning more about the research and the challenges and the critical success factors, um, they can visit my website and I have all that information. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...under resources, and I'm happy to share that information at the end of the, the podcast if people are interested in accessing that. 
Well, thank you for sharing that information that came out through your research. I, I can tell you just sitting here listening to some of what you were sharing, I could think back in my own career and say, yep, that happened to me. Yep, I experienced that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, yeah. it's always good to hear when the research also bears out the human experience that we face day-to-day as Latina attorneys in the marketplace. So, so given this research and given what you've learned, can you share some strategies to help Latina lawyers get ahead in their careers? Just three. <laughs> um, well, I, I think underscoring all, you know, I think, you know, and this price sounds self-serving, but working with a coach is probably a great idea to start with. Um, but I, I think, you know, in thinking about strategies and thinking about things that areas where Latinas have control. Um, you know, in the many years that I've been working with Latinas and conducting research, I've, I've really identified what I believe to be some of the core areas where they can take control and have agency in their careers so that they can move the needle forward for themselves. And I call these the three S's. So it's self-confidence, self-advocacy, and self-promotion. And let me touch on each of these. Um, so self-confidence, when you think about or the, you know, the barrier associated with this, which is self-doubt, it's really the self-belief that you're somehow not enough, not good enough, not smart enough, not, not enough. And it's really at the root of why a lot of Latinas and women stay safe and small in their careers. You know, we're never quite ready to ask for the promotion to, you know, pursue that job or to put ourselves out there, right? Um, and, or we suffer from imposter syndrome, that we don't believe we're somehow as good as we are or others think that we are. And, you know, the symptoms of this are oftentimes things such as perfectionism and procrastination, which people don't realize, but they're rooted in self-doubt. And they're really the same side, different sides of the same coin. Um, one is avoidance and one is more control, but they're really about not being enough, not ready enough. And so, you know, having self-confidence or the ability to overcome self-doubt is a really huge strategy and, and, and truly working with a coach to help you through that is, has, in my experience, been very effective in moving the needle forward. Um, lack of self-advocacy is, an, is another barrier that that a lot of Latinas and women attorneys uh, encounter, which is goes something like this. It's settling for less, such as lower compensation, lower levels, lower opportunities, difficulty saying no to others, not setting boundaries with others, letting others decide um, your fate. Any of this sound familiar? <laughs> and it's the root of a lot of the um, time management issues that a lot of lawyers have. And how do I how do I um, how do I create and maintain time for myself when I'm so busy helping other people and doing everyone else's uh, work and, and serving others? And so when we become our own self advocate, we maintain those healthy boundaries. We prioritize our own needs, wants, and goals. And oftentimes, it's so that you can be more effective in helping others. So it's sort of like the you know, as the flight attendant says on the aircraft, you know, put your oxy- oxygen mask on first before you help others. 
right? Because what happens if you don't do that? You're going to literally pass out. Well, I think the same goes, the same concept with self-advocacy. If you don't support yourself first, you're not going to be very effective in helping others. And Latinas and um, women attorneys, for that matter, have difficulty with this one because serving and deferring to others is often rooted in the culture. And so it makes it very challenging. So self-promotion is probably the other that's a really critical strategy because it communicates your values to others. And, you know, this is a really tough one for Latinas because humility is such a core value in Hispanic culture. And so, you know, the concept of self-promotion oftentimes becomes conflated with being boastful or, you know, somehow thinking you're better than others. But it really, if you think about it, it's really about being able to communicate and, and leverage your value to other people so that you can help them solve their problems. Um, so if you think about it, you know, if you have something that, that you do very well or you can solve somebody's problem, wouldn't you want to share that with them? So, you know, that's, that's another one that just kind of changing the mindset around self-promotion as if it's serving other people in some way or helping them solve a problem or filling a need, you know, self-promotion can be very effective not only in helping them but also helping you get the opportunities uh, you need in your career. So those are just some of the three strategies that, um, that I, you know, I see as, as really helping Latina attorneys move the needle for themselves in their careers. Great advice. And, and what advice do you have for women leaders in general who want to negotiate for a promotion or a higher salary? Yeah, so this is a great one. And this is a uh, negotiation is a form of self-advocacy. And I often conduct negotiation training for women leaders, especially women lawyers. And, you know, what I always find very interesting is that I always ask the question, uh, how many of you are comfortable negotiating for your client or for someone else? And all the hands in the room go up. And then I'll ask, well, how many of you are comfortable negotiating for yourself? And you may have like a half, half hand up here and there. But largely, you know, it's just a completely different matter when it comes to negotiating for yourself. And I think, you know, research has really shown that this is because for women in particular, women believe that they don't, either they don't have the power to negotiate or, you know, they're, they, they avoid negotiating because they feel like they're putting the relationship at risk. Um, and somehow those two are mutually exclusive. <clears throat> so, you know, so the first and, and most important step in negotiation is really the decision to negotiate. And when you look at, I mean, this month is, uh, you know, the Latino wage gap month. And, you know, really to just draw attention to this, you know, Latinas are paid, you know, in this country 54 cents for every dollar that a white male earns. And within the legal profession, this gap is even larger. So when you think about it, you know, it's that decision in that first offer. It's that decision to negotiate, to make, to, to make that difference at the, very, at the very beginning level. And it's surprising at how many people 
um, just take and assume that whatever is being offered is is the best offer. It, it rarely is. And, you know, almost anything can and should be negotiated. So, you know, this decision is a really important one and not to be overlooked. Um, so the other thing to consider, too, is that the reality is your willingness and your ability to advocate for yourself through negotiation is really, it, not only is it critical skill for women leaders in their compensation and promotion decisions, but it's also in all aspects of their career. So when you're willing to negotiate for yourself, you also, you also, uh, you also receive more respect and, and perceive value. So it, it's not just in the actual outcome related to compensation or promotion, but it's how you're perceived by others, and it's a form of executive presence. So um, there are a couple points just also to keep in mind is, you know, how you look at negotiations. So one of the key ways to really embrace a negotiation to be effective, and I think this is one for women that makes it a lot more comfortable, is not really going into it as a distributive process, but rather how can we both win in this situation? You know, not for me to win, you to lose, which is, I think a lot of times how, you know, not to overgeneralize, but a lot, of, a lot of lawyers approach negotiations, but really how can we both win? How is this a problem that can be solved? And, you know, rather than looking at it as a zero-sum zero game, how can we enlarge the pie so that we both win? And, you know, when I'm negotiating, and this is kind of a sport for me, it, it makes my husband and friends cringe <laughs> because I'm always looking for ways to negotiate. I think it's fun. Um, I really think about it as a situation. I look at the situation from others' point of view. So what do they want? What's most important to them? And how can I solve the problem for them? And you know, you may come to realize that what I want and what they want aren't mutually exclusive, but rather complementary. And so when you can find that, that's when you both win. That's the best negotiation. So, for example, and I might, you know, work with a client who's looking to negotiate for a new position with, say, let's say a startup organization, and they know that they want to maximize their overall, you know, wealth or compensation. And so, you know, really trying to understand it from the other's point of view, if you go in hard with a set amount um, and, you know, kind of wanting to win, without understanding their situation, the negotiation could fail. And that's because, you know, for a startup, they may not have cash flow that a larger, more established organization has. So you want to try to understand what their situation is. They may, you may be able to get longer term, um, over the longer term, a bigger piece of the pie, such as equity in the organization, you know, in lieu of that short-term cash flow. So really thinking about it, looking at it from both sides, um, you know, can give you a more effective and potentially a higher value at the end. Um, and, you know, I think it goes without saying that you really need to be prepared when you go into a negotiation. You know, again, going back to the self-advocacy, you know, take control, take agency, know what your value is. Um, you know, there's a lot of resources out there and it does take a little research, but Know what your value is going in there. Know what your leverage is. Know what, what do you provide. What's your unique value that others can't easily uh, replicate? 
and know what your um, know what your your alternatives are because if you go in there without that information, you're giving all the power to your negotiating partner. So yeah, I do. Like I said, we, we do. Um, I do a lot of trainings around this. So it, it is a it's a very emotional uh, process, but it's also it's a skill that you can develop and you can build. Thanks for sharing all that insight. That was really great. And what's next for you personally, Joe? So, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I've always been an achiever throughout my life and my career. And, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I probably can, can sense that. And I've never really been satisfied with where I was and always focused on the next step. And maybe it comes with age. I don't know. But I've come to a place right now in my life where I'm just really focused on being more present and living the best life I can with where I am. You know, I'm, I'm also, <clears throat> I also intentionally focus on those things in my life that energize me rather than drain me. And so I think this sounds pretty obvious, but you'd be amazed at how many people go through their lives just, just feeling drained and not really realizing that they're drained. And so this isn't always as easy as it is to do, but letting go of things that don't serve me anymore and just really focusing on where I am enjoying and where I'm at my best. And for me, I mean, my sweet spot is really is coaching. Uh, I love coaching. I love empowering women like you. I love working with them. I, it's my sweet spot. It's my flow. It's my strength. It's my superpower. And so, you know, yeah, I have, I have a few things little goals that I'm not sure I want to share publicly yet. But, you know, I think for me it's really about just showing up every day with the energy that I have and the passion that I have. And, I mean, quite frankly, I'm in a career that I love. Um, I'm energized. And, honestly, I don't feel like I work a day in my life. So I'm pretty darn happy with where I am right now. That's awesome. You shared a lot of wisdom there, Jill. Thank you for that wisdom. <laughs> Thank so you. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, you know, I like I said earlier, I'm, I really invite your listeners to visit my website, um, and it's w. It's really easy. It's www.jlc.consulting, and they can learn more about me, my services. They can uh, visit and download my research. Uh, it's all there. And they can also connect with me um, on LinkedIn or email me. My email address is jcruz at jlc.consulting if they just want to reach out to me directly. And, you know, I'd also like to, if it's okay with you, I'd like to, you know, offer your listeners kind of a special opportunity. You know, since I, and I know you, believe in the power of coaching so much, and I know that a lot of your listeners probably maybe don't know quite what this coaching is all about, I really would like to invite them to experience the power of coaching for themselves. And they can reach out to me directly through, again, my website, uh, LinkedIn, or my email, and I would be happy to send them a complimentary coaching session link. And they can go directly to my calendar and schedule a session with me. And we can talk about anything that, you know, any issue, whatever, that they're, they're struggling with, they want to make a decision about, they want some insight, and it'll just be an example for them to see how powerful coaching really can be in their lives. And it's completely free, and there's no obligation whatsoever. 
wonderful. So all my listeners take advantage of this wonderful opportunity to coach with Jill. And Jill, thank you so much for joining us today. You've provided our listeners with some great strategies to help them get ahead in the workplace. Well, thank and you very much, Ellie. Thank you, Jill. And to all of my listeners, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, God bless. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.